0: Hi everyone, welcome to episode four. Today we're going to be looking at the role of autonomy within academia and the impact that it has on your career. I would say that I've always been quite an ambitious person. I've always wanted to um, achieve within my career. I've always wanted to progress and and be the best that I could be at whatever it was that I was doing. And, and through that, I often uh, wanted to gain more experience in things, do extra qualifications, um, do extra jobs that were maybe beyond the scope of my particular job role. But it also meant that I tended to get a bit itchy. And I don't really know how else to describe it, but, but kind of itchy in my brain that, If I didn't feel like I was gaining the um, experience or the development opportunities um, that I felt like I needed, I I would get itchy. I wouldn't feel comfortable um, in that job anymore. It tends to happen quite a lot. Um, People who know me know that I've had quite a few jobs um, in my lifetime. And even now that I'm kind of on the more of a career pathway rather than just working, you know, to support my studies, um, I can still see that within me. Um I can still see the the tendency to to be looking forward to seeing what's next. And I think that um there's lots of different views on this. My husband, for example, he, um, doesn't get itchy. <laughs> Sorry. That's what I'm going to call it for the whole podcast. Cause I don't know how else to describe it. Um, like I do, um, you know, we talk about what's going to happen next, but he, he doesn't have that, that, that need to, to know what's coming next, to know how to get there. And to have a bit of a plan. Um, so, really, I want to reflect on my journey uh, up to this point in terms of my career, and how autonomy and my managers and the things that I did played a role in in my career and and where I am now. So, if I start back to when I became a graduate teaching assistant, so this job i was so excited the day i got the phone call that i had got this job um i didn't think i was going to i was really really quite nervous about how the presentation had gone um but they liked it clearly they offered me the job and i thought this is it this is the official start of my career. I'd done some tutoring beforehand, Um, I'd worked as a um, healthcare assistant, I'd worked at McDonald's for a while, I'd worked in a library but I felt like this was really the the first stepping stone on my career and it was a two-year contract and within that contract you completed a PGCE, so a Postgraduate Certificate in Education, and this one was specifically designed for uh, further education, so GCSEs and A-level students, that kind of age range. And there was a natural end point to that uh, role because it was a two-year fixed term contract. So initially I was, I felt quite content, I was doing something new, or I was doing a course, um, But even then I knew that if I wanted to continue progressing, I'd need a master's degree in my area in biology. So I quickly decided to try to do one of those, try and do a master's degree at the same time as doing this job and this PGCE. Um, so I applied to a couple of distance learning master's courses and, um, I managed to get on one. I'd enrolled a couple of weeks late, but it was fine. And I thought that the combination of being doing the master's degree, doing the teaching qualification and gaining the experience was going to make me, um, ready to find a job at the end of this, this contract. Um, (laughs) I remember the day that, um, I don't want to say my manager manages the wrong word the, the PGC supervisors, um, found out that I was doing a masters at the same time. Um, I think they thought I was crazy, uh, for doing it, but also concerned about the workload because for all of those of you who've done a PGCE, it can be quite intense. Um, it was part time. So it was over two years rather than the one year. Um, but that alongside your teaching workload, um, you know, it essentially I completed my master's in the evenings uh, and in my own time, but I managed it, I did quite well. Um, I had a conversation with them and said if there was ever a point that they thought that I wasn't uh, performing adequately, or that I wasn't giving enough priority to my job or the PGCE, then please tell me and I would put my master's on hold. And they never did. They never came to me and said that. So hopefully that means that <laughs> I, I was doing okay. And it was coming up to the end of that contract. So, um, over the summer and now you kind of in fight or flight mode because, You've got bills to pay, and suddenly you you know you you've got a job. You've got this kind of massive clock hanging over the top of your head, of of the counting down the the months, and then the weeks, and then the days until your job ends. And initially, there was no um, particular scope for staying on. There wasn't a role that I could do to stay on at that institution. So I started applying and I actually got offered a job at St Andrews University. Um, just for context, I'm from the Midlands. <laughs> um, got offered an associate lecturer role. It was part time, um, another fixed term contract. I believe it was for two years. And my plan was to apply for a PhD position um, where I did my master's degree. Um. So I I thought I could do both of those things and I'd have a bit of money coming in and I'd be continuing my academic teaching experience whilst also gaining a qualification. Um, But my husband had just been offered um, a virtually full-time role in the Midlands where we lived. And because my role was part-time and I mean, it was like a day and a half a week, I think it was 0.3. We needed him to work full-time in order to support us. So I initially accepted the the job, I, I thought I was going to do it and I was going to commute <laughs> like a crazy woman um, up to St. Andrews for the two days and then drive back down again and then do my PhD, uh, PhD and then drive back up to St. Andrews. Yeah, so <laughs> um, a bit crazy and I would have done it. I know I would have done it for the two years. Um, but anyway, they ended up bringing out a new role called a student transitions teacher at the institution where I uh, had done my graduate teaching assistant role. And uh, I interviewed for that and I I got the job and I was offered a part-time permanent contract and they would fund a PhD for me. So I was doing three days a week, and I wasn't having to travel eight hours to work. Um, and and I have to admit, I did a, a seminar about do do I stay at the institution that I'm at or do I go? Saint Andrews, you know, is a very high ranking university, and I thought that. The associate lecturer title might do my career more good than the student transitions teacher title because you know not many people know what a student transitions teacher is um, but after much deliberation I ended up staying um, it was for the best in the end uh, but more on that later Um, so yeah I chose stability I um chose to stay locally and um started this new job now those of you that um have been on fixed term contracts before you'll know the feeling of when you're coming to the end of your fixed term contract and you know that you're leaving there's kind of like a different mindset that that takes over you um you kind of prepare yourself to leave and I think that because I had gone through that process and then come back I struggled initially to to get back into it um I still did all my work but but that passion and that drive initially um I think I struggled with a bit um but I got back into it and I thought you know they're gonna pay for a PhD um but it became evident quite quickly that PhD things don't move quickly. Um, Anyone who's applied for a PhD position before will know that things never, things don't move quickly. Things take a while. Um, And that started to make me itchy. (laughs) So I applied to um, top up my teaching qualification into a full master's of education. And I applied to do Um, a module at a time to top it up and then I thought if it ever gets too much I can withdraw but I'll still have the credits and so I started doing that and that was going quite well there were some issues with the PhD in terms of funding with bench fees and things so it only took about a year for me to really start feeling that itch again so even though I was doing that that master's in education I didn't feel like I was getting enough out of the job. I didn't feel like it was really any different to what I'd done as a graduate teaching assistant, you know, and I was doing some extra things. So I was acting as an academic mentor, um, to a different graduate teaching assistant. And there was a period of time where the foundation year coordinator had, um, retired. So I was acting as that for, uh, while they were waiting to fill the post. Um, but it, it didn't feel like enough. And I also felt like I was working more than my three days that I was getting paid for. And those of you who know, you know, working three days a week, you don't get very much, um, take home money (laughs) at the end of the day. So yeah, I was getting a bit, I was getting a bit itchy. And I felt like some of the things that I would do was doing was very very similar if not the same to what some of the academics were doing so some of the lecturers and there were a couple of jobs that came up in Wolverhampton lecturing positions that I applied for and I didn't get shortlisted for interviews and I just took it that it's because I didn't have a PhD but one job came up in a different department in the health department so it was a lecturer in biosciences and I got an interview and this kind of floored me a little bit. I didn't expect to get an interview. And in this interview I taught a lesson and then I had a panel interview and I didn't get the job, but the feedback that I received from that interview was that it was close and that I did perform very well. And if there was ever another position, they'd really like me to apply for it. And suddenly I felt like I was hireable at that level. I don't think I'd felt that before.
1: Anyway, a few months
0: later, I get pregnant and I'm still feeling itchy, but you know, I'm getting on with it and I'm not disliking my job, but I know that I don't want to be in it for an extended period of time. And I see a job come up at my current institution and it's also in health, another health biosciences lecturer. And I was like, oh, that nearly worked last time. Let's try it again. And by the time I applied for this job, I was six months pregnant, (laughs) which I didn't think was a particularly good time to apply for a job, (laughs) but hey, hey, it is what it is. And I got an interview and by the time the interview came around, I was seven months pregnant. And luckily for me at the time, the interview was online. And I remember thinking I've got to tell them I'm pregnant because otherwise they'll think I'm dishonest. But if I tell them I'm pregnant, they're not going to give me the job. (laughs) That is exactly what my mindset was. And I was completely terrified. And at the end of the interview, when I was asking different questions, I then said, I've got one last question. Um, Do you have a particular start date in mind? They said, yes, they'd like people to start as soon as possible. Like I'm I'm seven months pregnant. So I'll be going on maternity leave soon. And then obviously I've got a bit of maternity leave and then um, I'll be coming back. And I thought, that's it, not getting the job. That's the end of that path. And I'll just have to go on my maternity leave, come back to my original job and then see what happens. But I got offered the job. Mind blown. Got offered the job. They were very supportive about um, me starting while I'm on my maternity leave. So they transferred my maternity leave over to that institution. It, It was good. And I started that job. And I wouldn't say that it was much different to what I was doing as an STT in terms of teaching. Um, I was officially a module leader instead of just doing the job of a module leader. But this time it was the kind of content that made me itchy. So I was happy in the institution I was in. I was happier that the things I was doing were being recognised. I had a good manager and we were looking at my career. But I couldn't see a clear, I couldn't see a clear path. I didn't know where it was going. Um, so about six months in, um, I saw a job pop up over in the science department and I applied for it. It was in physiology and pharmacology. And I remember getting the email for the interview and I thought, oh my gosh, I, I didn't expect that. I thought they'd want me to have a PhD. And in the interview, I had to do a teacher lesson. And then I had to do a research talk on my five-year research plan. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it properly. In so much that I'm going to show them who I am, and then they can take it or leave it. <laughs> so my research plan basically ignored the fact that it was a science lecturing job. And I just talked about, my pedagogic plans so um, plans for podcasts and other things that I'm doing and collaborations and but all to do with with teaching and learning nothing to do with science and you know it was a good interview they were attentive and asked me questions and things um, but I thought eh, they're not going to want me they're going to want some science researcher and the next day I found out that I, um, they wanted me. I found out while I was teaching, I had a call that I obviously didn't pick up because I was teaching and then they sent me an email and this kind of started a bit of back and forth about, you know, where to, where to go. My original manager had talked about trying to push me to be senior lecturer quicker. So I put forward the idea to, um, science, which they accepted. So I, I ended up getting a promotion, which was good. I've been in this role now for about six months ish. And I can hand on heart say that this is the first role that I haven't felt itchy. And it's not that I no longer want to progress. And it's not that I no longer want to know what's coming next. It's that I can see that things are happening within the role that I am in now. I don't feel like I need to go somewhere else, go to a different department, go to a different role, go to a different institution to progress and I think that's the first time I've actually felt like that and I think there's a few reasons. My line manager in this role has been absolutely amazing in that she has sincerely asked me what I want from my career And then supported me within that but not goals in terms of just the work so you know she is my manager there are certain things within my job that i have to do but it's not just that that is taken into account you know all the non-science related stuff all the pedagogy stuff and the teaching and learning stuff that i like to do that is also taken into account and it's not that any of that stuff is you know dictated to me by my manager It's that these are the things that I enjoy doing and they also support my career. And through that, I might be able to progress. In the last meeting, she said about how the school is going to be looking to get some associate professors in teaching and scholarship um, over the next few years and that it might be worth me considering whether it'd be worth me applying and what I'd need to do. And when she first said this, it kind of, took me aback in that I thought any kind of principal lecturer or associate professor role was at least ten years away. At least. I needed to pay my dues and put in a few years of of hard work, which, you know, I do, I still do, but the scope is very different to what I thought it was going to be. You know, 10, 15 years was what I thought. And, you know, now it's potentially five if I put the work in. And it's given me the control, not just over the, the work that I do. You know, I I, have, I do fulfil the, the the duties of my role, but I have the autonomy within my role now to do those other things, to take charge of that career path. And I think that's what's made me not itchy. (laughs) I'm very grateful to my current institution for the opportunities they're providing. I'm very grateful to my manager for supporting me in this and I'm very grateful to you guys for getting to the end of episode four. So what's the take-home message from this then? My take-home message from this would be that if you are in the right job role, you have the right manager, the right support, the right opportunities, you don't get an itchy head and you're more likely to stay and progress where you are. If you feel itchy, look for somewhere else because there is somewhere that will work for you and will allow you to do the things that you need to do at this time in your career and you'll thank yourself for it.